eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning try. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drop Podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita Show on the 570 Fan, and of course with my guy, Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. And Cordell, the Ravens are 2-0, oh, 1-0 in the division as they go on the road and beat the Cincinnati Bengals 27-24. to And I have to admit, Cordell, I was very confident prior to this game starting that the Ravens was going to come out with a win. I tweeted that. I thought that they were going to win. Um, I went on another show and they asked me for predictions. I had them winning 21-19, close, but basically a close game, but they would edge out a win. I don't know. Well, I do know, and I'll tell you why I thought that the Ravens would win. But I definitely felt confident, probably more than most, in going to uh, this game uh, coming out with a W. So when you saw this on the schedule, what were your thoughts originally? Yeah, I mean, I I picked the Bengals to win on Friday's episode. (laughs) You did. I did (laughs) pick the Bengals to win. Um, And I I thought that, you know, I thought that the Ravens back end of their defense, the injuries there with Marlon and no Marcus, I thought that would show up a little bit today. It didn't show up as much. I think in the red zone, you started to see the, the Bengals start to, focus on their one-on-one matchup specifically with T Higgins because he had a mismatch pretty much wherever he lined up at. But outside of that, I thought they did a pretty, a really good job uh, limiting the big plays for the Bengals. They did, they did what they always do. They kept everything in front of them. 
And the one thing about playing the Bengals, you can't let Higgins and Chase go off. That's what the Ravens did. They they stopped Chase and and they, you know, Higgins was kind of the guy that they had to uh, you know, give less attention to. But definitely a good day for them. This, you know, all in all on both sides, I just thought this was a Ravens type of of win. This gave me a little bit of the feels from 2019 where you're having those long drives. Uh, They had a six-minute scoring drive today, um, but you're also seeing them being able to put games away with the running game right now while also being able to hit in the passing game. Lamar missed on some throws early, but definitely put it together as the game went on. Um, Got his second chance to hit Zay Flowers down the field, didn't miss it, threw a beautiful uh, outside shoulder pass, to uh, Nelson Aguilar on the touchdown, you know, him and Mark Andrews connecting like they had never left. So it it was a really good sign, I thought, all around, especially considering how the offense looked last week. But even defensively, I know the Bengals had their moments, which I figured they would, but the defense played winning football. I agree. I mean, listen, they they definitely showed up in the moments that they were supposed to, and you know, including Geno Stone's um, interception, which – by the way, Gino, push Joe Burrow out the way. Hmm. Okay, brother, Joe Burrow is not going to do anything to you. Push him out the way and cut inside and go back for the pick six. Okay, I don't even understand why you allowed that man to impede you. You must have been tired. I, I'll, I'll give you that. Maybe you was a little gas right there. But ultimately, you got to push that man out the way because Joe Burrow is working with one good leg. And that is why I picked the Ravens, Cordell to win this weekend because I knew that it was going to be an issue for uh, Joe Burrow to really move around. And that happened on Sunday. Um, It happened. It happened in the game in the second half. Yeah. He moved a little bit better probably because they were down and he kind of had to move because now the pass rush was kind of getting to him and he had to, he had to extend some plays, but in the first half, he was very statuesque. Um, He was just standing in the pocket, you know, not really moving around. And a lot I'm sure has to do with the fact that he's still dealing with the calf strain that he has to be careful about because a lot of us know that calf strains can turn into Achilles injuries and I'm sure that that's in the back of his mind and playing it safe Um, again in the second half he did get a little bit more elusive but that's not the Joe Burrow that we're used to seeing you know and I think that that's definitely um, a part of what was missing from them today Um, that being said he was still out there Jamar Chase was still out there T. Higgins was still out there. Tyler Boyd was still out there. Joe Mixon was still out there. So you still had your guys out there. You still had your playmakers out there that could potentially overcome your shortcomings of not being able to move around in the pocket much because of your injury. And while T. Higgins was the guy today, I think that that's safe to say, um, Jamar Chase really did nothing um, today to help Joe Burrow. And I'm with you. I credit that to the defense. I think that they had an excellent game plan, uh, Mike McDonald, to eliminate him and to let the other guys get more involved. Now, we did see other guys get more involved. And obviously, T. Higgins, you know, had a touchdown. And Joe Mixon, you know, when when they utilized him, um, because they've been behind, they were behind pretty much this whole game or or this whole game, actually. You know, then in in the second half, they started utilizing him a little bit more. But ultimately, um, the guy that they needed, I think, 
number 21. Um, I mean, excuse me, number one. I don't know why I said number 21, but number one in Jamar Chase just was not there today. And obviously that that's who he loves. That's his go-to guy. And while T. Higgins is more um, than capable of being the guy and he showed that today, you still need both of them. It's, 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 a, it's a tag team effort. And when you eliminate one of those guys, I think it does create a little bit problem, a, a little bit of problems for the Bengals. So I think that that's – I'm with you. I'm definitely crediting that defense. On the offensive side, listen, I think that everybody's question mark about the offensive line and how they would hold up, particularly because the offensive line definitely struggled week one against the Houston Texans. And, again – I am not sure, Cordell, if that struggle that we saw was more about the Ravens in terms of what they were doing or that the underestimation or under uh, under understanding, less, lack of understanding of the Houston Texans defense because they have a new head coach in D'Amico Ryans and we know that they added guys like Will Anderson. So these were guys that, not, that were not there last year and then were available this year. And so maybe it was just that they weren't familiar with what exactly the Texans were going to do. Um, But you really have to credit the way that this offense came out today. The first drive. I mean, I don't know how much better you can get Uh in terms of just moving down the field and coming up with the touchdown. I I just, I I have so much, I'm going to let you speak, but I mean, this offense definitely, um, came out today and showed that they are they could potentially be scary. Yeah, I mean, for sure. When we talked all offseason about the Ravens investing in this wide receiver room, today was kind of what you were envisioning, everybody being able to get involved. And that's with Odell leaving the game with an ankle injury. And yep. before he left, he was, he was pretty involved. Um, and Harb says it's not serious. He said neither of the injuries today were serious to Odell or to Adafi Owe. So we'll see um, because, you know, the Ravens and their injury reports as of late have been a little different at times from what they originally say, but we'll see what this is. Hopefully it's not anything serious with Odell, but what you saw was Nelson Aguilar come in, get an expanded role and really become Lamar's guy as the game went on. It's five catches for 63 yards on six targets. You know, Nelson Aguilar was pretty good today. Um, Zay Flowers. I expected Zay Flowers' opportunities to be cut in half. He had 10 targets last week. He gets five targets this week. But the efficiency is still there. Four catches, yep. 62 yards. And really the one incompletion could have been even could have been a touchdown potentially if Lamar puts it on him. So I was really impressed with Zay, Mark Andrews, and, that, and, and he and Lamar's connect, connection is it's still there. It's, it's, it hasn't gone anywhere. It was good to see Mark back out there. And I think him being out there was a big reason why the offense was able to stabilize because Lamar has his guy. You look to last week and even it wasn't just Lamar, but you even look at the Chiefs and and Patrick Mahomes last week in their game when Travis Kelsey wasn't there. Neither of them had their guy that they know gets open immediately. No matter what the play is called, they didn't have the guy there that they can trust no matter what. Lamar and Odell Beckham's trust has gotten great. Lamar and Zay's connection has been good, but nobody has the trust of Lamar like Mark Andrews. And I just think having him back made Lamar play more confident. Um, And with Lamar 
playing confident and getting the ball out of his hands or to being decisive and knowing when to take off and run. I think that also helped the offensive line as well. Yep, because for like sure. The offensive line played really well. And I think it started with him being decisive. That's a part of the problem last week, him having lanes and not taking them or yep. holding, on, holding on to the ball longer than he should. So when he was decisive today and played confident, you got to see everybody else around him do the same. And I, I think, you know, in terms of the offense as a whole, this is what Todd Munkin, I think, envisioned. I think this is what we all envisioned from yep. Todd Munkin, you know, when, when, when he was hired, you know, that he would be able to find a way to spread the ball around, utilize all his guys. He kept saying spacing, forcing defenses to cover every blade of grass, creativity. That's what we got to see today. And J.K. Dobbins is another one that's a big loss for this offense, and you still got to see the running game be there, Gus Edwards and Justice Hill, both of them pretty much same type of workload. Gus Edwards more efficient in his 10 carries, 62 yards, and a touchdown. But you get Justice 11 carries, 41 yards. Lamar 12 carries, 54 yards. The running game will always be there as long as number eight is in the backfield. I agree. And I'm glad that this week he allowed himself to take the lanes that were there because sometimes, you know, guys are not going to get open and you just got to make a play. And he allowed himself to extend the play today with his arm, uh, excuse me, with his legs in addition to his arms. And that is what you're going to need from Lamar. He's going to have to, you know, look, as much as he probably wants to stand in the pocket, I'm sure he doesn't love you know, sometimes having to run, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. You know what I mean? And, and when a play needed to be made, Lamar made those plays today. And so big ups to him. Um, a couple of things that I I, I observed. Number one, um, first of all, I, I, you know, I, I was so relaxed, even with this offensive line in terms of like two guys being added because of injuries. I don't know why, but I've always trusted um, Makari. I like him. I think that he's a very good player. There's a reason why he's on this team because he can fill in any gap. He can be the center. He can be, you know, the guard. He can be the left tackle, which he was today. And I thought that he played very well. But Sam Mustafer, mm-hmm. you know, Owens Mills native, local guy, good counsel kid, turned around and played center off of the practice squad. And this was a guy that obviously we saw, you know, in the preseason, Cordell. And I thought that. You know, he obviously played well enough to be added to the practice squad, but he had an opportunity today, and he definitely took advantage of that opportunity. I thought that he played as well as you can expect a guy in his position to play. Um, I don't see how you can put him back on the practice squad after that. I think you got to put him on the 53-man roster. Even if he's not on the active, like, game day roster, I think that you have to consider putting him on the 53-man roster because of how well that he played. Now, obviously, there's other games coming up. You got the Browns eventually that whose defense has been revamped, and also the Steelers, who, you know, they're good on defense as well. But so far, I just think that he played well enough that the Ravens got to – you can't let that guy go. You can't put him back on the practice squad. Somebody's going to steal that man immediately. Yeah, I mean, I, I – I... To be honest, I was a, a little surprised that he didn't make the team with the initial 53. He was on yeah. my uh, projected initial 53-man roster. So I, I I agree with you, right? I mean, centers are just so valuable yes. um, in this league. And if anytime you got to go to the backup and, and there's somebody that played as well as he did today because I thought the offensive line as a unit played really well they today. Did. Um, 
I, it's tough to put them back on there, but it, it's good problems to have. Um, I think the it's a definitely a good momentum boost for them. They they just look like the Ravens today, you know. Honestly, it, it really looked they look good on both sides of the ball. Um, obviously, like I said, they had their moments defensively <clears throat> where, where they allowed some stuff to the Bengals. I thought the Bengals not running the ball as much as they probably should have helped the Ravens out as well. Um, but all in all, on both sides of the ball, I just thought both both sides did enough to win down the special teams. This was a little bit of a problem. You give up the punt return. You got the missed field goal from Justin Tucker. Just an uncharacteristically bad day for the special teams um, today. And it's not – anytime you got to bring the special teams up, it's not a good thing. Um, <laughs> but, they, they, you know, that was – that's a touchdown and a missed, a missed three points right there. I mean – that's I'm going to defend Justin Tucker, though, here. I mean, they probably I don't, shouldn't have kicking that. I, I don't think that that was a great idea. I didn't love the idea. I thought yeah. that they were better off maybe taking um, extra five yards for a delay a game and punting mm-hmm. it away and pinning them back in their own territory. I was not fond of him going for a 59-yard field goal. We know what Justin Tucker is able to do, but you have to allow your defense to go out there and play, and I just thought that that was ill-advised. Now, the good thing about that is, is that no points came out of that missed field goal right right? because they had incredibly good field advantage at that point but nothing came from it however if something had came from that that's a different conversation that we're having so in my opinion Harbaugh got away with one but you just got to me you just got to make better decisions than that I'll not and I did and I I agree with you but I think that's just what he he Harbaugh has shown that this is what he's going to do. I understand. If it's if it's sixty two and in, to be honest, I think he's going to trot Justin Tucker out there every single time because Tucker's asking to go out there. Number one. So what? He, You're the coach. Combine that with their trust in Tucker to pretty much make any field goal. I mean, when you when you're the goat, when you're you know looked at as the greatest kicker of all time. These are the situations you're going to be thrown in, you know. And while I, like I said, I agree that I, I would have punted, I would have taken a, a, a delay of game and punted or something there. I just think that this is what's expected of you when you're the greatest, when you have that title. This is what's when when the team has that type of trust in you that they're going to send you. You know that 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 they're going to throw you out there. He knew he was going out there. I, I I was I was surprised. He, I'm always surprised when Justin Tucker misses it. I mean, yeah. who is who isn't surprised? Yeah. Understood. I, I just think that that's what they're always going to do with him. I agree with that. And again, I don't agree with the idea, but I I also understand the logic of Justin Tucker being a guy that you just really feel like can do anything in any situation. So you he spoiled us. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he did spoil us, and I'm still against the idea. <laughs> um, one of the things that I think that I what stood out to me was how calm I think the masses potentially felt um, when we found out that Odell Beckham was not coming back due to an ankle injury. Um, I this is the first time Cordell in a long time that the Ravens have been in this type of situation where you have a a wide receiver that gets injured and now all of a sudden the sky is no longer falling. Now all of a sudden you don't feel like that there's pressure, right? I think this is the first time in a very long time where a a guy that 
yes, I understand that we were still worried about Odell's health. Um, but but with the amount of money he was paid, I definitely think that he was coming in to be an impact player, right? I think that that's fair to say. So I think that seeing an impact player get injured um, and then, but not feeling a lot of like stress about it because there is so much depth in this wide receiving group that you trust or believe in, I should say, is speaks volumes because um, I, I just didn't see too many people feel or look squandered because uh, OBJ went out. You still got Rashad Bateman. You still got Zay Flowers. Oh, yeah, Nelson Aguilar actually led the team, you know, and and were five receptions, 63 yards, and a touchdown. You still got Devin DuVernay, who was also being used. And I think that that says so much about what the front office has done in terms of revamping this room. A year ago, we were embarrassed to have this conversation. Remember in training camp, you and I were like, they only got four guys, and we don't trust any of these guys. We right. didn't even trust trust Bateman to be healthy. We didn't trust the other three. You know, Duvernay was, yes, cool, but we're, we know him more as like a return specialist type of dude. And then the other two, we were just like, okay, what's going on here? So this year, it just feels completely different, even with the – you know, notion of Aguilar or the the, uh, the stereotypes that we give of Nelson Aguilar, the preconceived notions about him dropping passes, you still felt comfortable with that group of people despite Odell's injury. Yeah, I mean, and that was the vision that the Ravens had. They, they've they been burned too many times by injuries and they their, their previous offensive scheme has allowed them um, to be you know, to kind of just to ignore the wide receiver room. That's what they did. It was all about the tight ends at that time. And now you had two active tight ends today and you had uh, your receivers, even though Odell goes down, like you said, it's next man up. Nelson Aguilar comes in. Uh, Zay Flowers gets more involved. Rashad Bateman was a part of it. Lamar's going to his check down guys. Mark Andrews is back. And, Everybody's was talking up, you know, kept saying, Oh, we got to now they've given Lamar these weapons. We got to see what Lamar can do with them. Well, they look pretty good today. And today was yep. the first time that he had all of them out yep. there on the field. And that's still minus JK Dobbins, yep. you know. So uh, he, he looked pretty good out there. Um, so I, I think that this is exactly what the Ravens had in mind this offseason when they revamped this wide receiver room. that a, we're going to be tougher to guard, but also um, that they would be able to withstand a couple of injuries in that wide receiver room. Because while they did add Odell, he's an injury question mark. Bateman's an injury question mark as well. So they've got some guys behind them that they can actually trust in, in a show today. I, I agree. Listen, the emergence of Zay Flowers, right? Like that's something we have to talk about. You, you already talked about them lessening the targets from a week ago, which you had to assume that was going to be the case, right? I think that this week we probably assume Odell would probably get more um, passes his way because he didn't really get many last week. Uh -huh. And while he was in the game, he did, you know, get a couple of touches um, prior to his injury. Um, he had four targets um, and three receptions. Um, and then Zay Flowers had five targets and four receptions. But that 52-yard pass, man, listen – when it when you first saw it in the air and and then you know the the camera pans to Zay and the two defenders and you're like 
uh, how is this going to end? Yeah. <laughs> and then you see how it ended. And 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 listen, early in the game and, and a couple of times throughout the game, Lamar had taken some deep shots and just didn't connect. You know, he tried with Zay earlier um, in the game, um, just tried to get down the field, and it just didn't really work out. So it was really good to see Lamar um, connecting with Zay. Now, I hope let Lamar doesn't do the risk, do something as risky, having two defenders around the young man in the future. However, great throw, great catch, and it just continues the narrative that Zay Flowers could potentially be the X factor and the difference maker to what this offense needed. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely a great play and double coverage. Lamar puts the ball right on his face. Perfectly. You know, right on his face mask. And Zay holds on to it in double coverage. It's exactly uh, what you want to see. And those are some of the big plays that you're hoping to get out of this Ravens offense because now no longer is Lamar the – only homer and hitter. They've got Zay Flowers that still had a he had to play where he's showing you how shifty he is after yep. the catch as well. I mean, he's dangerous, and I, I think that they're really just starting to scratch the surface with all the different ways that they're going to try to get him the ball. But Bateman, you know, he's still kind of easing his way out there, and, and I still like what I see from Rashad Bateman. He caught all three of his. Uh, targets today only 18 yards but he's getting involved he's staying active he had a nice crackback block that they called an illegal crackback block on him but I mean it's just I, I just like to see Bateman active I like to see him engaged in the game and so you know I, I'm I'm really excited I thought today was a a great stepping stone for the offense and their confidence yep. um, going forward to show that hey this thing works we, we can put pressure on opposing defenses and we can still run the ball. You yep. know, they're still able to run the ball and put a game away. Like Todd Munkin said when they first brought him to Baltimore, he, he wants to be able to throw the ball well and pass the ball well. And that's what the Ravens were able to do today. I just can't imagine what that was like beating the Cincinnati Bengals at home who have already lost a divisional game against the Browns the week before. Listen, I am, I am very well aware that the Browns were 0-2 last year. Understand it. I understand that they still went to a play to the playoffs. I understand they still went to an AFC championship game. But it feels different, right? And Roquan Smith, you know, just said, you know, this was personal, you know, and this is what he said, you know, quote, obviously the guys talk a lot don't have a lot of respect for a lot of individuals. So you take that stuff personally. It was a great win for the team. And I can't imagine what that was like after losing back-to-back weeks last year to the Bengals. Now, obviously, we know Lamar wasn't there. And so, you know, they barely got out of the playoff game on the Tyler Huntley fumble, you know, that led to, to a touchdown. But now you got Lamar, who definitely didn't have all of his players, no Ronnie Stanley, no Tyler Lindenbaum, no Marlon Humphrey, no Marcus Williams, and yet you still come out and win a game like this on the road against your divisional opponent. So not only are they 0-2 overall, they're also 0-2 in the AFC North Division. Yeah, it's a bad start for the Bengals, like you said, 0-2 to start the year and then to be 0-2 in the division. 
that's not what you want, especially in a division that's going to be as competitive as I believe the AFC North will be. But it's also the fact you look, you talked about Burrow and his calf. You looked at him at the end of the game. He, he was limped. pretty he bad. Limped. He yep. was pretty bad. So, I mean, and he didn't, he didn't look great about it. I mean, some of that frustration on his face could have been just from them losing the game, but I, I kind of feel like it was a little bit of both also the loss and how he was feeling. So, um, it's definitely not the start the Bengals wanted. Their offense looked better today than it did last week. I mean, they couldn't have looked any worse than they did against the Browns. Um, but they still weren't. They still ha- didn't haven't looked like the Bengals offense that we've seen the last two years. So, um, you know, bad start for the Bengals. Good start for the Ravens. Two and zero, getting a win in the division in the process. Now you get to uh, come back home and go up against a, a, a Colts team that whose rookie quarterback got hurt today. We'll see if he even yeah. plays the game next week. So, you know, you feel good about that one, regardless whether he plays or not, to be honest with you, you feel good about the Ravens going against the Colts. But yeah, I mean, it's a great start to the year. Um, all the Ravens, it's all about that health for them though. Hopefully Odell and Adafi Elway truly aren't going to be gone right. uh, too long, if at all. Um, because that compounded with what they're already dealing with. You you just wonder how much a team can take. I completely agree. So before we go, um, if you had some pats and a hats to give out, uh, I'll give two and you give two. What's your, what's your first pat and a hat going to be two? Uh, I'll, I'll start with the quarterback position. I'll, I'll give one to Lamar. Good game for Lamar today. Two touchdowns through the air. You know, he had, his cup, had a couple of misses early. Um, but he definitely made up for it as the game went on, made some really good throws, got to truly see his arm talent and how he can make every throw. It's just about him sticking to his mechanics and being able to make those plays consistently. But it's also his legs. He is, I tweeted it, he's the most athletic quarterback in the league and probably the most athletic quarterback I've ever seen. I mean, Vic is definitely up there, obviously, but Lamar is just, He's just so different. Uh, and you talk about being a dual threat quarterback. He is the dual threat quarterback in the league. He he is a guy that can change the game and affect the game in so many different ways. And today, I think you got to see probably not even, you know, the best version of Lamar, but you oh, got yeah. a good version of Lamar today. A guy that is making plays with his arm, but is also uh, killing you with his legs as well. I agree. I mean, look, look, yeah, like you said, two touchdowns, um, no interceptions, no sacks, mm-hmm. something definitely because, uh, you know, last week he, he had a few um, and 72 percent, almost 73 percent um, completion of his passes. So, I mean, it's really hard to find somebody else after Lamar because he played exceptionally well um, today. But, you know, we'll figure it out. I, I, I'll go with. Geno Stone, right? Geno Stone got the interception uh, in the red zone, goal line, close enough to the goal line. Um, look, again, I'm I'm definitely critical of him not running it back, and he tweeted about that that he should have had a pick six. You know, you should have had a pick six, Geno. Um, but it's cool. Uh, you did what you could, and ended up the Ravens ended up getting points um, after that pick. So. It all worked itself out perfectly. I think the Mark Andrews touchdown came after that. So, look, it all worked itself out. So I'll give Gino uh, a pat on the hat as well. 
and he also got a game ball from Harbs in the locker room. Harbs, so, you know, uh, credit to Gino. I'll give one to the offensive line as a unit. Yeah. No, no sacks, as you mentioned. Lamar's able to throw the ball all over the field, 237 passing yards. They rushed for 178 yards on the ground today. Dominant day by the offensive line, I thought. And, yeah, Lamar had his times where he's under pressure, but that, you know, he's Houdini for yep. a reason back there. I, I just start with them being down their top two offensive linemen to go out there and face a really good defensive front and not give up a sack on the road in a division game. I, I, I give all of those guys a pat on the hat. And, and I saw multiple, I, I saw Morgan Moses have a nice block out in the open field on a toss play. Yeah. I, I, I saw uh, uh, Makari over there holding his own on the outside in the passing game. So yeah, just all of them as a unit, get a pat on the hat. I'll go with Jadavian Clowney. Um, got the only sack in the game. We saw a lot of him after Owe. Um, was out due to injury. Um, and I just thought that he was just, he was hard. He was so hard to block. Mm -hmm. He looked like, I mean, he was just really good, uh, particularly at the end, just getting pressure on Joe Burrow. And um, so I will give it to him. You know, it, this looks like one of the really good pickups um, from Eric DaCosta. And remember, the Ravens definitely flirted with bringing in Jadavion Clowney years before, and they finally got him. And as of right now, it looks like a, a, a really good pickup for them um, because he definitely came in in the absence of away and continued to be disruptive against that Bengals offensive line. So I'll definitely give Jadavion Clowney a pat on the hat. We want to thank you all for listening. We'll be back on our next episode to just talk a little bit more about what we saw from this Ravens team on offense and defense, special teams as well, because I, I, I'm probably going to have some things to say about Jordan Stout there. I'm, I'm surprised at myself, but not bringing it up today. But whiffing and just not pushing the dude out of bounds is very weird to me. And we're going to talk about that, I'm sure, on the next episode. So we want to thank you all for listening. Ravens are 2-0, and 1-0 in the division. We'll talk more about that this week. From Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 